0: It's wonderful to be here tonight and wonderful to see all of you. What a nice crowd we're seeing tonight and I feel honored that you'd come back and be a part of the service and uh, it's been a great day, a good day. I've enjoyed my visit to New England and up here into Connecticut, the home of Mr. Roger Sherman who along with Robert Livingston, the shoe cobbler out of New York, and Thomas Jefferson, the red-headed Virginian that was age 34, and John Adams, who was 43, and Benjamin Franklin, who was 78, that got together and wrote the great document that we call Organic Law, a statement of our beliefs the Declaration of Independence and how that that's been a great influence. Uh, I know many people today, they perhaps don't like our documents, but I do. I like what it said. I just think and I don't know, maybe I could share just a verse or two with you. But it was finally ratified when Richard Henry Lee, the Virginian declared that these colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states. And the framers said this, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect for the opinions of mankind requires that they declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator. With certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That when any government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to or abolish, to correct it or abolish it prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established are not changed for light and transient causes, but when a long train of abuses and usurpations evinces them to the same design, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. They went on to say, with a firm reliance upon the divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. A few months prior to that, Patrick Henry had walked to the front of the Bruton Parish Church, March the 23rd, 70, 1775, said, it is vain, sir, to extenuate the matter. The gentleman may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war has already begun. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? The next gale from the north will bring to our ears the resounding clash of arms. What is it that the brothers seek? What is it that they wish? Is life so dear? Or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, Almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but it's for me. Give me liberty or give me death. There is a just God that presides over the destinies of nations. The battle is not ours alone, sir. We've got a rich heritage. A lady asked Benjamin Franklin at the Constitutional Convention, she said, Mr. Franklin, what kind of a government do we have? He said, Madam, we have a republic if we can keep it. Democracy's goal in cycle. In the United Nations, there are probably no more than 30 or less countries that even say that they allow the people a rule. In the Congress, one of the founders said, this is the people's house. We, the people, the Constitution said, of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. The only book that's greater is the one in which I have in my hand. This is the word of God. Spurgeon said, it's untainted, without any impurities. It's truth embodiment. Charge God with deceit if you don't believe it. Why? God wrote it. This is a God-breathed book. And how do we take it so lightly? We haven't hid it in our hearts We've not placed it there where we might not sin against God. I love the Bible and I love the author of the Bible. I love what it says, don't you? Somebody said, well, it's hard for me to understand. It's not the parts that I don't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do. I'm not a Bible corrector, I'm just glad that the Bible corrected me. There's not an English teacher in this district. If I went to the English teacher and I said, Madam English teacher, Shakespeare has gotten too problematic for our students. It's too arduous, too difficult. It's too deep, and we don't need that. For example, Miss English Teacher, where you have the play Julius Caesar, and Cassius, the conspirator, is talking to Brutus, the nobleman. In the play Julius Caesar, it says, Methinkest thou doest protest too much? why don't we change that and just and put it in a more modern idiom and say, lighten up, dude. <laughs> she would say, how long has it been since you took your medicine? <laughs> Do you like wearing clothes that don't have sleeves? But I'm telling you, we have one here tonight that's greater than Shakespeare yeah. that lived upon the Stratford-upon-Avon in England that wrote all those sonnets. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. And all those beautiful poems I want to preach tonight out of the book of 2 Timothy chapter four. Would you turn there, please? God's gonna help us tonight. Look at chapter four. Paul Our subject tonight is the testimony of a dying man. They say that you can believe a dying man. And here's what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter four. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom." Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. He's put the course before the faith, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day and not to me only but unto all them also that love is appearing. Do thy diligence to come unto me shortly for Demas hath forsaken me having loved this present world and is departed into Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee for he's profitable to me for the ministry. Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus. When thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me, and strengthened thee that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom in whom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Father, help us tonight to be at our best for you. In Jesus' name and amen. I want to preach tonight on the testimony of a dying man. What would a dying man have to say? First of all, We know that life is short. It's faster than a weaver's shuttle. It's like a flower. It's like a vapor that comes and is gone. It doesn't seem possible that I should be the age that I tell you. It seems like that's a fallacy. It doesn't ring true when I say that I am my age. I'm... At the point of my life where I can reflect and be meditative and reflective, I think that's kind of one of the blessings of older age. You know, you don't have a whole lot of other things to look forward to. Uh, you, you realize that uh, maybe the better portion of your days have been spent behind you. We used to sing a song, What Shall I Leave Behind? Brother Chuck Kesey, Out of Midway Baptist, preached on that a week ago in Glasgow, Kentucky. What shall I leave behind? But I wanna share with you tonight three things that Paul was concerned about. First of all, was the doctrine. Paul, probably the greatest evangelist of all time, did he write, what was it, 13 books? If we include Hebrews, I think that's right who had three missionary journeys. No man had the difficulties it seems that Paul had. I wonder with these modern day, name it and claim it, prosperity gospel preachers that say that you can have the best life here, that this is your best life, I wonder Why did Noah not say that at the beginning of the flood? Nowhere do you read where Noah went out there and said, now smile, God loves you. This will be your best day. You know why? Judgment's coming. Judgment may come to America. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom, but Sodom had no Bible. We have a Bible. We have the influence of the churches. This church steeple out here is a witness to this community that there's something inside these walls that have a spiritual nature. But it seems like that mortal man is more concerned about the temporal than the eternal. William Cullen Bryan, in his poem, "To To a... called Thanatopsis. He said, so live that when thy summons comes to join the innumerable caravan which moves to that mysterious realm where each shall take his chamber in the silent halls of death, thou goest not like the quarry slave scourged to his dungeon at night, but sustained and soothed Approach thy grave like one who wraps the drapery of his couch about him and lies down to pleasant dreams. Have you ever wondered? I put a little post up yesterday about Fanny Crosby and my good friend Reagan Riddle of the Primitive Quartet sent me a response. He said, Andrew, he said, I like going through cemeteries also. Said an old preacher told me one time that he liked to do that. He liked to think about maybe where are the people now? Did you ever go to a cemetery and think, I wonder what it was like in that person's life? Whether it was Henry Obuakaya, or Samuel J. Mills Jr., or one of the Haystack Five. Wonder what it was like, what they thought. What gave them the ideas that there ought to be a mission program. What gave the inspiration when Samuel J. Mills said, we can do it if we will, and yet we live, most people live on Kent Street. We can't. Ask people to do something, they say, I can't, I can't. I had a friend of mine, he was out of an independent Nazarene church. We didn't agree. Theologically, of course, I believe in salvation totally by grace through faith. I believe that that which I've committed unto him, he's able to keep against that day. I believe that. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to heaven because I'm a holding on. I'm glad that he's holding to my hand. I'm glad that one day I was saved not altogether by my faith, but by his faith that he gave me. Amen. I'm glad that I received him as Lord and Savior. Now, I don't want to chase a rabbit here, but this Dr. Hood told me one time, said, Don't think, don't ever tell me that you'll try. He didn't like it. We were friends. He said, Say, I'll do it. I learned from that. I learned from it. I learned not to say it in front of him. But how many of us, the doctrine no longer means anything to, would it be all right tonight? Do I have permission to preach just a little bit? We have given up good songs like Fanny Crosby wrote in order to have singing today where you can sway where you can have involvement, where you can have people that are involved with it. Don't matter what the words say. I mean, it could be saying, join the ISIS team and people still wanna sing it. You know why? We've left good doctrine. No wonder... Fanny Crosby could write a song. I didn't know this. See, I learned something coming to New England. Maybe if I'd come up here more often, I might really learn a whole lot. I didn't know that Fanny Crosby had memorized the four gospels, did you? The five books of the Pentateuch, the Proverbs, the songs of Solomon, and much of the Psalms, I didn't know that. And yet many people today, if you said, who said this? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They'll say, where'd you find that? You know why? We're leaving doctrine out. We want to have smoke and mirrors. We want to have strobe life. And the preacher, I'm gonna say it, Y'all help me out. And the preacher's trying to down dress because he wants to look like the world. Give me some skinny jeans and a bodybuilding shirt. Come out here like I'm Charles Atlas or somebody. I don't want to look like Christians. I want to look like Muhammad or somebody. I was in Florida. A man there, I didn't know it. we were having breakfast in the foyer, and I made him mad. <coughs> I said, what happened, <coughs> Rick, and over there in Minnesota that a crazy Congress lady got elected? He said, oh, I'm from Minnesota. He said, no, we've got several uh, Muslim people that live in our neighborhoods. I said, oh, you do have? And... <coughs> He said, well, yeah. He said, and his wife kept trying to talk to me. She said, now, if you'll just read and study and think and meditate, go into some kind of seance and perhaps maybe get out your on the floor and cross your legs and, uh, uh, you know, talk to some guru or something. And I said, uh, he said, why Jesus Christ is mentioned more than Muhammad. And I said, yes, and Muhammad was a pervert. I said, he wanted to marry an eight-year-old girl. Don't tell me that that's normal. I said, what about the book of the Koran? I said, 102 people didn't get in that tiny Mayflower. They weren't at sea 65 days because they wanted to come here with their favorite copy of the Koran. That's why I love to come for Brother Marty. He and I are on the same page. We're stuck right in the middle of the same page. I said, you know what it was? I said, tell me if the book is a peaceful religion when they say kill the infidel. Make war on Israel. Kill the Christians and you'll reach martyrdom. What an awful religion, but we've been even told by people in political authority that it's a peaceful thing. I've often thought about why don't you go live by them then? We've left the doctrine. I don't have time. I'd I'd like to do another message right here. See, I I like it when I believe that folks enjoyed going to church. You gotta give me a little liberty here. I like it whenever once in a while old-fashioned people would shout down in our neck of the woods. I've been wanting to myself. Did you know something? You will never shout or do anything for Christ until you're first willing to crucify and embarrass the flesh. You couldn't worship God in formality if you wanted to. We must humble ourselves and come under his authority. Ain't nobody gonna go to God and say, Oh, I think I just want to worship God today. I just want to get in an ecclesiastical kind of atmosphere. And I think maybe, a fo- oh, yeah, I felt that force. Give me a break. Take more medicine. <laughs> We've left our doctrine. Paul was the doctrine of the Gentiles. It was made known to him that there'd be a new bride and that they'd come into it by the experience of the new birth. Thank you, Brother Byron. Boy, I'm glad Brother Byron likes to go with me. (laughs) See, I'm here to tell you today, this gospel Paul said was given unto me by revelation that it was hidden to the people in the past like the prophets. No wonder they couldn't see a kingdom because in between there was a cross. Glory to God. Jesus Christ had to go to the old rugged cross. He that knew no sin became sin for me. He that was rich became poor so that I through his poverty might become rich. Somebody ought to say amen there. Amen. I'm glad that he's the God man. I'm glad that he can eat, but he can feed 5,000. I'm glad that he can sleep, but he can come out of it and rebuke the wind. I'm glad today that he would die for us, but he wasn't limited to that tomb that Joseph of Arimathea had for him. He arose on the third day, Amen. And I'm not sure that it was Friday that he went to the ground or to the cave. I've got a feeling, now this, don't want any controversy. I'm not an expert. You know, a man that's an expert is a guy with a briefcase 50 miles from home. But I'm just thinking that he may have gone into that grave on a Wednesday afternoon. I'm thinking that. I'm here to say this, we use this. We use it and I've used it. That says, This is a day the Lord hath made. The day the Lord hath made was when he would go to that cross. Am I right? Amen. It's good to say this is the day the Lord made, that's good. But the day that Christ made was when he submitted his humanity to deity. They said, Never did a man talk like this, speak with such authority if you tried to reach to write a Greek tragedy, if I had the oratorical skills of Hercules, if I had the voice of the angels, I would not have the vocabulary to tell you how great and awesome God is. Amen. One day we will, though. I wanna get practice up while I'm down here. Now, I wanna put something in because you need to get this tonight. Don't continue to go to church and never brag on him. Brag on him. I mean, I talked to my little wife this afternoon. I told her that I loved her. She dropped the other phone. No, she didn't. The know they've met my little wife, Miss Sony has. Boy, I married up when I got married to her. I don't know what happened. I must have been a pretty good talker or something. <laughs> but I'm still in love. Mm-hmm. My point that I'm trying to express and, and articulate is simply this. Every once in a while, I just like to say, hey, babe, boy. <laughs> I don't want to go into her sometime or other and just say, now, are you sure, Charlene? I think that you look mighty, magnificent. She'd say, now wait, what were you doing in New England? <laughs> My point is getting this. If you want to praise God, you've got to be willing to embarrass the flesh. You've got to be willing to say, well, you're the fairest of 10,000. You don't mind saying that, do you? sir, amen. How about that he's the beautiful Rose of Sharon? Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, well, we'll start revival Amen. this corner up here, all right? Amen. That he's the Lamb of God. Hey, do you like it? Yes, sir, like that he's it. greater than Aaron's bud. Uh, hey? Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> oh, a lot of people have left our churches over deadness. Mm-hmm. They can't take the deadness. I'm preaching tonight. They don't want the deadness. Nobody wants to go to a wake. I've gone into places where I thought maybe there was somebody up in front in a box. I kept looking for it. It was cold, formal. Nobody said anything. You didn't look to the side or to the left. You were inhibited. You were precluded. From being very expressive, because people thought something was wrong with you when you got in there. I've this all of my life. I always, I, I'm confessing tonight. See, we were we were raised poorly. I don't think we were raised as poorly as uh, Brother Billy Kelly said he was in North Carolina. Billy said they were so poor that every year at Christmas time the dad would go out and fire the shotgun, come in and tell all the kids that Santa Claus had committed suicide. (laughs) (laughs) He said they were so poor that when his mother would make those great big cathead biscuits, he said we kids would go out and hold them in the air, hoping that the aroma of the neighbor's ham would flow through it. Now, that'd be pretty poor, but see, I always felt a little inhibited. I was thinking people were maybe a little bit better than me. Did you ever think that? And thinking they were in a better class. You know, I wore rummage clothes to school. I'm not trying to make a pity patty story, but I was afraid people would think my dialect. Where are you from? From the regions of where? But I got over that. I knew that Christ had made me a new creature. Amen. That where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. Amen. Boy, I hope that this message might do something to somebody. I'm, I'm, I tell you what, I'm getting tired. I'm kind of getting tired of just having a service somewhere. I'd like to see something break out among our people, wouldn't you? Amen. I wouldn't mind to see somebody run the aisle. I believe I'd run it with them. Somebody said, well, I might be in the flesh. Don't worry about it. Run it anyway. The devil will never tell you to do anything good for Christ. I've had it run down there in our conference down there. I don't know if Brother Marty saw it or not. One of Miss Sonny's favorite preachers down there. I don't know... Paul talked about his doctrine. Now I've got to hurry because I've only got just a few minutes here. Then Paul also talked about his desire. He said some things that we need to listen to. He said, Demas hath forsaken me, Brother Parmar. Now I don't believe that Demas was a bad man. I don't believe he was out in sin. I don't believe that he was out, you know, <coughs> uh, playing the lottery. Boy, a lot of people do. I've never found anywhere in the Bible where it told me to gamble. That's right? right? Come on now. Yeah. <clears throat> when Dr. Joe Wright gave this little address before the Kansas State Senate, people walked out and said, we don't want that kind of prayer. Dr. Joe Wright, part of what he said was this, our Heavenly Father We come before you today to ask for your forgiveness. We know that your word says woe to those that call evil good, but that's exactly what we've done. We've exploited the poor and called it the lottery. We've rewarded laziness and called it welfare. We've killed our unborn and called it choice. We've polluted the air with profanity, and called it freedom of expression. Yeah. we ridicule ridiculed the time-honored values of our forefathers and called it enlightenment. Search our hearts today, O oh God, and cleanse us from every stain. Mm-hmm. And people walked out. They wanted some innocuous prayer. Now, I'm gonna, can I, can I be transparent with all of you? It bothers me a little bit when I hear these state funerals they never say much at all about what Christ did for anybody there. That person in that, in that casket of there could be as mean as Satan, and they'll want to sing, and I love the song, the battle hymn of the republic, and make it appear that everything is okay. I'm simply telling you today that the Bible said "Ye must be born again. Amen. No man, king or queen, no matter your calling in life, no matter your socio-economic political standing, one day will stand before him. I'm here to tell you that every knee is gonna bow. Every tongue will confess Jesus Christ to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. That's what's gonna happen. Somebody said, well, I, I don't wanna be very expressive. I wanna be expressive here. I'm not waiting to go to heaven. It kind of bothers me when people say, well, we'll shout the victory. Let's shout it here. Amen. Amen. Somebody said, well, when we all get to heaven, it is gonna be a day of rejoicing, but let's rejoice some here. Somebody said, well, I know when I get to heaven, boy, I'll really feel, I'll feel free then. Man, let's limber up right down here. (laughs) Amen. Amen. See, I'm going to heaven. Now I'm hurrying, I got it through. Paul said not only his desire, he said, Demas has forsaken me. Alexander the coppersmith did me a lot of harm. Uh, you know, Christians has gone to Galatian. he began to tell, but he said something. You know what he said? The Lord stood by me. Amen. It may get to the point when you go and you feel like that you're so alone, kind of feel like that man that had the vision that he went to the hospital and he was so sick and they were gonna give him the bill to pay Brother Parmar for what it was. And you know a hospital bill can be very large, $8 for an aspirin or whatever it is. And Brother Marty, they got the they ran off the expense sheet there, the itemized statement the fellow was dreaming this and he, they came to present it to him and they were gonna give it to him and they got up to where the checkout was and they said, wait, wait just a minute. They said, we had this itemized statement for you but it's been shredded. Said, there was somebody that paid it. Said, we think he had, looked like print in his hands. Man, if I take a fit, it's all right. I'm here to tell you one day when the bill couldn't be paid, when it was beyond my ability monetarily, when I was wretched in sin and so on, one said, I'll pay it for it. Not only that, but we'll wipe the record clear. You try to find out where the record is and they say, we can't find it. What sins are you talking about? Amen. That kind of crank your, you know, kind of turn your crank a little bit. I believe we're helping some people tonight. I've always thought that, Miss Sony, I wouldn't mind a hack a message sometime. (laughs) I probably won't, but I've always thought that I might. (laughs) Somebody said, what in the world is that? I said, well, it's just hacking a message like they used to do down south. But you know what What I want more than anything else on it? I want a touch of God on it. Man. I want it to be where that sinners wring their hands and get nervous, where they get sweaty and they perspire. You know why? God's a working on them. Nobody gets saved until they first get lost. Yes, sir. I had a man today, <clears throat> he's a friend. I know him, I call him a friend. I call everybody that but he said he was at the Georgia or State Fair, said we won 25 today. <clears throat> I hope that's right, but I know of people that have given those accounts, they go back and try to find them, and the IRS can't find them. I'm telling you here today that salvation is not in a prayer. <laughs> It's in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do I have anything against showing the gospel? No, I don't. Whosoever shall believe on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. I think Romans wrote in its place is wonderful. It's the word of God. But I'm telling you here today, you have to first realize that I've offended a holy, thrice holy God. Do you feel that way about it? You can repeat anything you want to. Am I right? Yes, you better know that you're saved. Yes, I talked to a lot of people across the country. W.A. Chriswell said this. I don't think I'm gonna tell you what he said. First Baptist Church in Dallas years ago. I've often wondered, if you walk through that cemetery like we did yesterday. I wonder where is Tom Thumb? Phineas. T Barnum, where is so and so? Have you ever thought about it? Do you know that you know that you know that you're saved? What are you counting on? What happened that makes you think that you're saved? Paul said this, and I'm closing. Paul said, the time of my departure is at hand. I told Brother Byron, I believe it was today or sometime, Yo, oh, yes, I want to come back to Harvest Baptist Church, but I know that I'm getting more towards the twilight of my years. I kind of feel like MacArthur, that the water is lapping at my feet when he talked about duty, honor, and country. But I know one thing. Job said that though a man die, shall he live again? He said, for I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin, worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Hallelujah. Whom I shall see for myself and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. I told you this morning, my wife and I talked some time back, years ago, when we lost our little boy. We just got a little stone out there. It's got his name, John Clay Phipps. That's what we called him. We never called him John, we never called him Clay, but it was. John Clay. He was born in 1973, 1979. He would listen to the songs of the Inspirations Quartet and they were friends of mine and Shirley would play songs, Brother Byron, over and over and over as he was taking this little nap and he'd get up sometime and take his little fist and he'd go over and hit the coffee table and he'd say hallelujah. Amen. Couldn't stay long. Couldn't stay too long. But I've got a feeling that one day in the Golden Street Parade, whoo, that I'll have a new body. That he'll have a new body. Cancer will be gone, Brother Marty. There'll be no pain, no sorrow. Our limbs will be just fine. There'll be no cancer. There'll be no people there with Heads that have been shorn and shaved and people. (laughs) that had to take the intravenous, sick at their stomach, so sick they couldn't stand up or even sit, maybe hoping somebody would come through and say a word to them. But I, God bless tonight. But I'm glad that I'll have a new life sown in weakness, raised in power. I'm looking forward to that day. I'd like if the Lord would be pleased for me to take him to my breast a few more times, Brother Byron. I'd like that. I don't believe the Lord will withhold that from me. You know why? Because Jesus is the lover of my soul. He's the one that I'm in love with. The, di- the words of a dying man, his testimony, his doctrine, his desire, and his departure. Sure, he faced adversity. He, in the peril of the deep, beaten, robbed, naked, cold, hungry, shipwrecked, beaten with rods, Maybe they're at Lystra. I don't know. Reckon when he was there at Lystra and they'd about beat him to death and then Paul said, I knew a man in Christ. Oh, God bless you, my brother. Man, if we we're gonna preach tonight, you and I gotta preach. Hallelujah. He said this, I knew a man in Christ about the space of 14 years ago. Whoo! Whether in the body or in the spirit, I don't know, God knoweth such a one that was caught up into the third heavens and saw things that it was not lawful for a man to utter, of him will I glory. Amen. Would you stand with us tonight? If God has done something for you tonight, don't let the devil talk you out of it. As she plays just quietly, just for a moment, as our brother song leader gets ready How many of you will say tonight, I'm going to come and thank the Lord, first of all, for salvation. I want to thank him that he would give me the boldness to be a witness that if I need to shout, if I need to say amen, hallelujah, I'm going to have liberty to do it. I'm going to worship. I'm not here to attend a funeral. I'm here because of the living Savior. How many tonight would want to join me Now, the devil is working on some of you right now. I know it just as quick as I know my name. He's going to tell you you don't need to come tonight. Because you don't come. No need to come tonight. Why would you come tonight if you never do come? Huh? Love you, brother. Are you going to come and help us pray tonight? How many are going to come tonight? This altar's filling up. How many are gonna come tonight? Would you like to join us? Would you like to join us? The devil's telling some of you right now, "Nah, no, nah, no, nah, don't do it. You ladies over here on the side, you wanna join us? You wanna come and pray? Help us tonight, oh Lord, in Jesus' name. Our Father, in the name of Jesus, the mightiest name there is, the most glorious name there is, I pray tonight, God, you'll help me to have revival. Help me to seek revival. Help me to wanna worship you more. Thank you for Harvest Baptist Church. Thank you for Brother Shad and Miss Sonny, and thank you for their burden. God help Brother Marty. We love him tonight, but we don't love him like you do. Help us tonight, oh God, these are our friends. Lord, may we just bring our petitions to you in the name of Jesus. And amen. While we're all up here listening